everything that you need. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, you know, I, I'm disturbed at our nation. <laughs> they don't want nothing about the cross. They don't want nothing, nothing about the Lord. No, I say our nation as a whole. As a whole. How many knows God judged Israel as a whole? As a whole. But yet at the same time, those that still believed and trusted Him, God brought them through. And I, I believe that's the same thing. America is not exempt from judgment. Amen? America is not exempt from judgment. I know there's a lot of people who say, well, God's going to get us out of here before the judgment hits. No, that's not necessarily true. Now, He can. Nobody knows the hour of the day nor the time that Jesus is coming. But the thing is, we need to understand that judgment comes. But if, you're, if you don't have nothing to be concerned about, God just going to take you right through that thing. And we're going to have more than enough. We're going to be blessed. We're going to have more than enough food. Amen? It's the fact of what He did on the cross. The cross is important to us. I was listening and watching just, I, I do that sometimes. I'll go through on Facebook. They'll have some services come up, you know, and, and they act like they're having a great time, but then the message is just so carnal. I mean, nothing spiritual on a lot of them. And it's all about God's going to give us the great wealth of the end time, you know, and put it all in our hands. Well, what are you going to do with it when you get it all if the devil's in control? How many understand what I'm saying? God's going to take care of us. God took care of Israel during the time of leanness. During the time when the enemy had taken everything from them, God still provided. God still our provider. And I'm not saying we shouldn't store up and we shouldn't do these things and we shouldn't prepare for hard times. But at the same time, we need to understand we're God's people. And the blood of Jesus covers us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. That's not just a cliche. That's not just something that preachers say to make it sound good. Glory to God. We're protected by God. No. The only way you're going to be protected by God, number one, is submit yourself to God. And if you submit yourselves, therefore, to God, and, and you present yourself wholly, 100% to God, then you've got a right to believe God is going to preserve us, God's going to keep us, God's going to protect us. Hallelujah. In the, in the evil times, uh, God's going to take care of us. In the lean times, God's going to provide for us. In the times when it looks like there's no way out, God's going to show you next. Praise God. Because God is for you and not against you. Hey, look at somebody and say, God's for you. God's for you. Did you know that? God's for you, Sister Paul. Yes, it's for you too. All right. Amen. I'll receive that. Amen. But you know what it's all about? It's the cross, which is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. And we need to understand that that is what God is saying to us. Amen. Let me get my little microphone on here. For some reason, it's not coming on. Well, it's all right. Praise the Lord. What's going on here? We'll do it this way. Praise the Lord. Amen. But the cross is the power of God. Look at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to them who are perishing. But to us who are being saved and is saved is the power of God. Preaching of the cross to them that perish is what? Foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Now, I remember one early one Sunday morning, what it's been about, 47 years ago now. My little girl was five. And she was in her room and we were getting ready for church that morning. And I noticed that her light was on bright and early, you know, like 4.30 in the morning. 
And uh, I, I walked in there and, and I said, Stacy, you okay? She said, up in bed. Had a little Bible that her grandmother had given her, a little picture Bible. And she sat there and she said, Daddy, tears were starting streaming down her face. And she pointed at a picture in her little picture Bible of Jesus hanging on the cross. And she said, He died for me. He took my sins, Daddy. And you know what? We led her to the Lord that morning, right there in her bedroom. And she got three girls, and they're growing up so fast, I can't even get up there quick enough to see them before they get old. <laughs> but anyway, that God, God's back. But you know what? She got a revelation of the cross. A revelation of the cross. And what we've got to do is be, begin to see the message. This is only one message. There's only one message that's going to change people. That's the message of the cross. That's literally it. Now, you can make all kinds of sermons out of that. And there's 159 sermons, you know. But what I'm saying is only one message. How many knows the message of God is what's important? Amen. There's many sermons that will dive into it, you know, and give you different avenues and show you the same results, but maybe they'll emphasize one time. Boy, was I relieved when I got enough money to get that thing out. Yeah. Now, some of you, you just don't want to admit that you did that, but you know, I, I, I forget how old I was. I was about 19 or something, 18. Uh, and, and, you know, I didn't want to ask my daddy for no money, so I just did that. Boy, I'm worried I don't have to ask him for money. What I put in there, you know. But the thing is, God has redeemed us. We're redeemed, purchased, bought, paid for, paid in full. Praise the Lord. We were in the hot shop one time. Jesus came down and redeemed us. And He has purchased us and placed us in the family of God. Now, the devil despises the cross. The cross to get out. I want to tell you something. I don't want to hear how bad I am. hear how good God can make me through what Jesus did for me 2,000 years ago. I don't want to beat you and dangle you over hell. I want you to understand... The Lord's got something better. I want you to lift your eyes up so you can get a glimpse of heaven. Heaven is real. Amen. It's a real place. And it's genuine. I've, I've seen people that's passing on to, to before they depart from this body. But they know. They know. They know where they're going. They know that it's real. And heaven is a real place. Hell is a real place. But we've been redeemed. And the devil doesn't want you to get the revelation of the cross to be understood by you as a believer so you can walk in victory 24-7. Praise the Lord. Some people, you don't know if they got the victory or not. And you don't know whether to say hi, bye, or nothing to them, you know. I want somebody that's got victory 24-7. Hallelujah. Got peace 24-7. Joy, 24-7. I mean, you know, God, the devil knows I've got his number. He ain't going to get nothing over on me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ooh. Don't shout me down because I'm doing so good. Y'all want a pastor that don't want the devil to have any right away, right? Amen. <laughs> We're going to go forward in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. But the devil despises it. The Antichrist spirit did not just begin this year and last year or in 2020. The Antichrist spirit did not just begin then. The Antichrist spirit has been here from the very beginning of time. When Satan came and he deceived Eve, it was the anti-God, anti-Christ spirit that was there. Because he said, it isn't like God said it. Because when you eat of this tree, you're going to be just like God. Well, see, the devil does speak the truth. But he used it 
in deception to get disobedience to come into that person's life. Don't ever let the devil deceive you. Thinking that you can do things and say things without God's noticing. Amen? Because when you do, you're in deep trouble. Because listen, the devil's going to take advantage of that. He took advantage of Eve in her deception and in what she was doing. And, and, and see, she had this she had this feeling, the devil put that feeling in her. See, God don't want you to know what he knows. God don't want you to be like he is. Well, the problem is she was already like God. That's the reason when they were in the garden, they named every tree, they named every fruit, they named everything that was in there. You know, they, they just took, they did, they did the God thing. Why? Because God was with them, He created them, and God's created you. And we're, 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 we're created to be victorious, by the way. And we're victorious to have the devil under our feet. But the Antichrist spirit did not just begin. It started the day that Lucifer rebelled against God in heaven itself. That's when the anti-God and the anti-Christ spirit was created, was in heaven itself, when Lucifer, the head musician or singer, he was over the choir. And he decided he wanted to take over God's position. And he, he, he literally influenced one-third of the angels. One third of the now I don't know how many angels there were, but I want to tell you there's probably hundreds and hundreds of thousands of angels. But it's a lot of angels. There's enough angels to be assigned to every individual in this world. Billions of people. Listen, God, listen, God's got his eye even on those sinners, those that's in these countries that never have heard about God. God's, God's got his hand. There's, there's Muslims that's coming to the Lord. Some of them are having dreams and seeing Jesus Christ in that dream. And they're getting a revelation of who Jesus is. There's Hindus that are coming to the Lord. My pastor, Brother John Osteen, went to India quite often. And I, I never got the opportunity to go with him to India. I wish I could have. But he had already kind of scaled back a little bit, not traveling as much. And, but he, I mean, the people over there, they, they have thousands of gods in India, by the way. And they're not the gods. <laughs> they're gods that they make gods. But he had literally thousands upon thousands of Indians in India come to the Lord and renounce all of their false religions and born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. And India, today, India is still having a move of God over there. In spite of everything you hear, there's a move of God. Listen, there's a move of God in Russia right now. Christians are being born again. People are being born again. There, there's Christians there. China. China, why do you think China is so up in, uh, uh, in an upheaval over the Christians and, and God stuff, you know? Why? Because there are probably millions of Christians. I don't know how many millions of people are in China, but there's a lot of people that's all sandwiched in that country. But in China, they've got what's called house churches. And they're secret house churches. And they have to move ever so often. To have their services. Because of the danger that's there. Russia was the same way. Soviet Union. There's Christians galore in the Soviet Union. Listen, they're there. My little daughter got to go to, got, got to, go to Russia when, when she was in college. And she was over there with a group. And, and they were in Moscow. I think it was in Moscow. And uh, they were there on the streets doing some drama and some things like they do, uh, Christian drama. And there was one young soldier there had a scarred face. He was scarred in his face. What wasn't 
it wouldn't be something that a young lady would be looking for as far as looks, you know, to be attached to. But my daughter just saw him, and God fixed her stare on him, and God put it in her heart. <laughs> That's my kid. And she just began to talk to him. She talked to him. And he responded in tears, fled, just streamed down his face. And he repeated things in Russian to her. And she prayed with him. After it was all said and done, the interpreter came over to Stacy, my daughter, and said, Stacy, where did you learn to speak the Russian language so fluently? She said, I don't know how to talk in the Russian language. All I know is a few things like if I'm in a store or something. She said, I don't know how to converse. She said, well, Stacy, you were talking in the perfect Russian language to this young soldier. And he was talking to you, and you were understanding everything he was saying, and you prayed with him. And that young man just received Jesus Christ in his heart. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, the cross is powerful. The preaching of the cross is powerful. And we need to understand. Listen, God's on our side. Amen? ISIS tried to destroy Christianity. Still does. Thousands of church crosses in China have been removed and the government's bid to eradicate Christianity in China. Literally thousands of crosses. So how long before it will happen here in America? Who knows? It can happen. We have no guarantee. Amen? As a whole... Now, God's going to take care of His people. How many believe that? And God's going to take care of America as long as it's His timing. But when His timing says, I lift my hand, God's timing lifts His hand. And the thing is, we need to be prepared and ready and say, yes, Lord, to the Lord. Amen? Praise God. Well, I got off my message, but I'm going to get back on. But the whole gospel centered around the cross. Look what Paul said. And we read this some of the scripture all ago. However, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which you also received, in which you stand, by which you also were saved. If you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believe it in vain, for I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried, and then he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and then he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, and after that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, and who the greater part uh, remains to this present, but some have fallen asleep. And after that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me. This is Paul talking. Also by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Thank God for the cross. Amen. Paul, the apostle, he got, listen, he was crucified. He was literally killing Christians for their belief in the cross. But God got a hold of it. But the church needs this revelation. Of the power of the cross. In Ephesians 1, I want to read these scriptures because it's important. Paul exhorted the church to receive a divine revelation. Listen, you can hear a good sermon, but you need a revelation. Amen? I had somebody come up to me one time and so, Brother Clarence, I counted the scriptures that you used in your message. It far exceeds any that I've ever heard in a lot of preachers' messages. I said, well, I received that compliment. Because <laughs> I don't want it to be my message. I want it to be the message of the Lord. The Word of God is the Word of the Lord. And Paul exhorted the church in Ephesians. Look, look what he said uh, in chapter 1, verses 15. Therefore, also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, 
I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and seated Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And He has put all things under His feet, and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him, who fills all in all. Now that's a lot of scriptures. But the book of Ephesians, if you take time to just study those six chapters in the book of Ephesians, you're going to get a revelation of the gospel in that one book of the cross, the redemption, the power of God, our weapons, everything that God has for us. It's a very, it's a very small read, and it'll do your spirit good. Amen? But it's there. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, Paul made a lot of statements concerning all of these things. And he talked about the exceeding greatness of the power of God through the cross. The exceeding greatness of the power of God. Listen, don't ever underestimate God's power. God created this earth. God spoke and it was. God said, let there be and there was. The power of God's word is more powerful than any lie of the devil. Any deception of the devil. God's word is more powerful. I'll put the word of God. Listen, somebody says, don't let your feelings dictate to you. Go to the Word. Let God's Word declare to you. See, a lot of times we allow the flesh, our flesh, to dictate where we are spiritually, where we are mentally, where we are emotionally. But what we need to do is learn to go to the Word and get the Scriptures and the Word of God, which is life and health to all our flesh, and begin to proclaim the truth of the revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ and what He really did for us. We're redeemed. Can you say praise God? <laughs> now look at what Paul said again in Colossians 2, 11, 15, 11 through 15. I tell you, listen, this is important to us. Colossians 2, 11 through 15. In Him... You were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Now remember, circumcision, in the book of Genesis, when Abraham began to follow the Lord, circumcision came in. And then Moses and the children of Israel, they were circumcised. Now, the reason they were circumcised, it was a mark. The uncircumcised could not dwell in the camps. Isn't that amazing? The uncircumcised. Now, what happened was when, when, when people would come over to Israel and they would yield or give up and become part of their people, then they would have to go through the circumcision of the flesh. Because it's a symbol. It was a symbol. It was a symbol spiritually. And when they did that, they were, they were counted as one of God's. Well, it's not the physical circumcision that makes you God's. But now it's the spiritual circumcision. The circumcision of the heart. See, the circumcision of the heart means it's cut away. All that filth, all that unrighteousness, it's cut away. It's no longer part of our nature. It's no longer part of our thinking. It's no longer part of our religion. It's no longer... Listen, 
We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. If we can ever get a revelation of redeemed, reconciled, restored, all of that is, I call that the three R's of redemption. We've been redeemed, reconciled, and restored. And we have everything that God says is ours. And He is He is us. But look what He said. He's made us alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. You ever look yourself in the mirror today when you get home say, you have been forgiven of all your trespasses. Amen. Your past doesn't make you. Your past doesn't define you. Praise the Lord. I've had people, not here so much, but I, in places, you know, we had some people come in and was coming regularly to the church. And, and they, uh, some of them, got born again. Some of them were born again when they first came. And some of them were backslidden and come back to the Lord. And, and, I, and I had a couple of people had the audacity to come to me and say, Now, Brother Clarence, you've got to be careful of them because I tell you, I don't know if you've heard. I said, No, I don't listen. So I haven't heard anything. And if you're about to say something bad, I'm not going to listen to you. Hallelujah. They looked at me and I said, no. I said, their past doesn't define them. Their present is what defines them. And they have repented and they've accepted Jesus Christ in their lives and they are reconciled back to God. Therefore, their past doesn't put a barrier between me and them. Hallelujah! Now don't shout me down because I'm doing so good. It's the truth. We define people's life by the past. And we need to start looking at the present. If they repented, if they laid it on the altar, if they've gotten reconciled back to God, the Bible says God forgets it. And cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. Never to remember it against us anymore. As far as the east is from the west, the Bible says. Aren't you glad that your past doesn't define you? Yes. Somebody said, well, Brother Clarence, everybody's not perfect like you is, but it's the preacher's home. Yeah, I know. But have you heard those stories about preacher's kids? They're some of the most rambunctious bus there is. No, we've all got a past. We've all got a past. We all have a past where we have to let the blood of Jesus cleanse us and bring us. See, a lot of people try to ride on somebody else's coattails. You can't do that. You can't, you can't ride on somebody else's coattails. Just because somebody else has a great position with the Lord doesn't mean that people are going to look at you the same way as that person because you've got to have your own relationship with the Lord and God's looking at people that have a relationship with Him and He will exalt us in due season Amen God will exalt us and bring us to that position where we can be of use in the kingdom of God like God wants us and thank God for that but it's all because of the cross can you say praise God now look what I said We've been buried with him in baptism. And you being dead in trespasses, he's made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, wiped out the handwriting of our crimes against us, and was and and, and uh, uh, which was betrayed to us, he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Did you know what they did in the prisons in Paul's day? The prisons were in a position to where you could see the guys in there or the women or whatever they had in the prison. And they would, over their door, it was tapped their name and all their transgressions or their crimes that they had committed. And people would go by there and look and say, wow, that guy was a murderer, that guy was an adulterer. That guy was a fornicator. That guy was a thief. That guy was this. That you know how? I mean, all kinds of 
there's all, have you ever sat down and tried to figure out how many crimes there are? I'll I, I tell you what, there's so many crimes in the book. That book's getting thicker all the time. But to, to name a crime, I mean, but the biggest crime is not serving God and not being what God's called us to be. But they would, they would nail that right above their name, where their name was. And everybody could see exactly what they'd done. <laughs> now, you know what's happening in, in our society today? A lot of times, the same thing I'm saying. Wow. I remember what happened to them 39 years ago. So? Paul came in. He, 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 he had okayed Stephen's stoning. He, he, had, he had arrested people. People were afraid of Paul. Or Saul of Tarsus. He wasn't Paul then, but Saul of Tarsus. God gave a new name. Paul. But don't you know they were afraid of him? They heard that name. Even after he got born again, they questioned it. Hey. Hey, Peter, come here. Listen. That guy is a false Man of God, he he's don't you know he has he has taken people and had their heads chopped off. Yeah, he used to. But aren't you glad for God's grace? How many glad God's given His new grace? Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what it means. G R A C. God's riches at Christ's expense. We've got everything God had for us. Grace. God died and went to heaven. He tells it's going to take you 15,000 points to get in here. He said, well, I went to church all three times a week. And when there was revival, I was there every night. And whatever they need me to do, I did this. They said, that's two points. Well, I gave my tithe and I gave my offering. They said, that's another two points. Well, I didn't even think the pastor would I mowed his grass one day. Well, that's another one point. Well, boy, they just trying to think of some other things. And finally, in desperation, he said, wow. He said, at this point, it's going to take the grace of God to get me in. They said, that's 15,000. Welcome home. God's grace. In other words, your past doesn't mean a heal of beans to the Lord. Praise God. Why? Because His grace has redeemed us. Thank God for that. The cross. At the cross. I tell you what, when I think about the cross now, at the cross, and I start thinking about at the cross and all of these things, I want you to know something. That I, I, there's, something there's a thankfulness that comes up in my heart. Because it's at the cross. The cross is what God wants us to see. Amen. So what is the cross? John 3.16, God loved the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at Romans 5.8, verse 9. Much more than having been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. From wrath through Him. Now listen, you know what that wrath is? That wrath is the great tribulation period. That wrath is when God's wrath is poured up on this earth. And we're not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the trump of God's going to sound for His people. Amen. We're not appointed to wrath, but we're not. Now He didn't say you're not appointed to afflictions. He didn't say you weren't appointed to testings or trials or, or, or things like that. But we're not been appointed to wrath. I, tell, I don't want the wrath of God in my life. life. We, we've not been appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. Obtain salvation. Now, I want to tell you, you're going to look at that person you see next time, you're going to look at him differently. He's not just, and, and I hate this saying, I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace. Well, you know, we know that we were sinners and we're saved by grace. But we're not sinners no more. 
We're children of God. We're sons and daughters of the King. Hallelujah. We got a new relationship with the Lord. We're somebody. I tell you what, don't ever, don't ever look down on who you are and what you have. I, listen, God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. God's word is true. Can you say praise God? The, to the believer, the cross is an emblem of judgment. And that cross is what brings us united with the Lord. The cross. The cross. Thank God for the cross. Can you say amen? Look at Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. This is about the birth of Jesus. And this declared to the devil his days were numbered. When the fullness of the time come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might have the adoption of sons. And because your sons, God has sent forth His Spirit, the Spirit of His Son, into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then you're an heir of God through Christ. Hallelujah! We are heirs of God. We're sons and daughters of the King. Look at Galatians 3, verses 13 through 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. It's the cross. Praise God. I know I keep saying the cross, but don't forget the cross. The cross levels the playing field. The cross makes us accepted in the kingdom of God. The cross changes us. What happened on the cross? The blood of Jesus and the resurrection of the Lord after that. But the cross, if it hadn't been for the cross, we wouldn't have the resurrection. The cross had to be there first because he became sin. He became what we were so that we could become what we were not. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm not talking about self-righteousness. I'm not talking about holier than thou. I'm not talking about, boy, I don't do that. Boy, I'm not like that person. I don't know. Get that. You already got a bad sense of pride in you. No. Let's start saying, Lord Jesus, let me have your heart of mercy and grace and love. And love like God loves. Hmm. God loves us just like we are. God loved us like we were. God loves us even when we mess up royally. God's love is still there. How many knows you? you got, yeah, most of you got children, have children, and had children, and got great grandkids, and great great grandkids. <laughs> but how many knows you got a love there? And those kids know that love. They know the love. My daddy was a rough man. Oh, I say he was gruff. I never saw him as gruff. My, my little brother. He said, Daddy, don't like me. He likes you better because you're a preacher. I said, well, no. I said, he probably has better fellowship with me because I'm a preacher, but he still loves you as much. He did love He had people all over this country praying for my siblings that they would come to the Lord. And, and, and they did. Every one of them came to the Lord. At my dad's funeral, my older brother was back there, and my younger brother, and my sister, and, and they were behind me on, on, on the section where the family was, and, and they were talking. And talking, Clarence, Clarence, who are all these people? Who are all these preachers coming in? That place was jam-packed. I think it seemed probably 400 people. It was packed. People were standing out in the foyer and out in the hallway and outside the doors. And my dad's home going. And he said, my older, 
Clarence, he called me Clarence. He said, Clarence, who are all these who are all these preachers? I said, Dub. I said, those are some of Danny's spiritual sons. Because he had spiritual sons all over this nation. I said, these are spiritual sons. But I said, he loved his natural sons and children. And I said, these people have been in agreement with him for every one of you. And every one of them came to the Lord. Hallelujah. Before they went on to be with the Lord. They all came to the Lord. Isn't God good? God's love and God's grace. So if you're praying for kids, you've got the cross on your side. Hallelujah. You've got the power of the Lord on your side. And we've been redeemed. <laughs> the only answer is found in the cross. The works of the flesh can be eradicated by the works of the cross. I know a lot of good people that are dominated by flesh and habits. I know a lot of good people that love the Lord that are dominated by the flesh. See, if you don't have a revelation of the cross, the flesh can overpower you and the thinking in our mind if we don't have a real revelation of the cross. See, not only do we need a revelation when we're first born again, we need a revelation of the cross after we're born again. So that when the devil comes with all kinds of things in our lives, that we can learn how to combat that with the Word. How many know what Jesus did? It is written. It is written. When the devil came down, it is written. And this is why God wants us to get a revelation of the cross. We can turn and say, it is written. Praise God. It is written. It's ours. The works of the flesh. Uh, well, let's look at Galatians 5, 19-21. These are the works of the flesh. Now, remember, the church at Galatia is a church. He's writing to church people here. Church people. He said, now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, Uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I've also told you in times past, they that, they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that, is that pretty straight? Are y'all still with me this morning? Amen. They, they that do such things shall I don't try to put people in heaven that didn't serve God. We have to be born again. We have to yield ourselves to the Lord. And it's all because of the cross. Listen, I've known people that had habits of the flesh. They were sincere. They were Christians, sincere Christians. They had habits of the flesh that dominated them. And they would come to the church and the services. And, and, but you know, as we begin to teach the Word and teach the revelation that God gave us to give, the revelation of the cross, the blood covenant. Listen, we, we got a covenant with the Lord today that's real. It's still good. And it works. Amen? we got a covenant with the Lord. I begin to teach on Ephesians, the whole book of Ephesians, Galatians, and just begin to teach the Word as Paul the Apostle preached it to the people. And these people started coming to me. And they began to, they said, we've got something to confess. I said, don't confess to me. Because I can't do nothing about it. You confess it to the Lord. Amen? But I said, I can't help you. I can pray with you. I can pray for you. And we can see you liberated and see you set free so that you can serve God the way God wants you to serve Him. Why? Because the cross is still real. It's a, listen, you come to the Lord and we get saved, but many times we get enough revelation of the cross to know that Jesus died for us and we can get to heaven. But then as we're walking with the Lord, there's things in our flesh 
in our fleshly life, in our walk with the Lord, that is not pleasing to God. I've had some people come to me and say, Well, brother, I, I heard that prayer. They cussed. They cussed. That same person that says they cussed and they did this, they're the biggest gossip in the world. <laughs> and don't you happy they know because I'm doing so good. It's the truth. We, we want to condemn somebody because they cuss, but yet we do the same thing with our mouth by damning other people. Criticism, judging, all of these things. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just preaching at you. Everybody watching through Facebook Live too. But I mean, that's what I'm talking about. But once we understand the cross, aren't you glad? Except for the grace of God, there go I. Amen. We need to understand God's grace and God's love in our heart. And we need to know that the only answer is found in uh, the cross. Praise God. We need to know and understand the power of the blood. How many, how many believe there's power in the blood? Amen. That's not just a good, fast, riveting song that we sang. It's message in it. There's wonder-working power in the blood. Amen. The blood has never lost its power. That's another good song. Amen. Praise God. But the blood of Jesus cleanses us in John 1 John 1, 7 from all sin. And this ought to put a big face smile on your face. You are sanctified. Everybody say, I'm sanctified. Now, you know one of the biggest testimonies that I used to hear all the time, I'm so glad I'm saved, full of the Holy Ghost, and sanctified. Now, most of them didn't even understand what sanctified meant. But it was good. They were at least speaking the truth. But sanctification is important. We've got to be sanctified, sprinkled clean. And this is a continuing work of the Spirit, by the way. Sanctification is not something you can get one time. Sanctification is a continual process. Every day there's a sanctification. How many knows that you've got to wash those dishes every day? If you don't, you're going to have some crust on those dishes from last month's dinner. I don't know about you. I, I, was, I was always very particular. My first wife was particular. Pat's very particular. And, and sometimes I'm, I'm accused of being more particular than anybody, you know. But I'm just, I just believe in cleanliness. Cleanliness. I don't. I don't want no little bugs coming out from under my plate when I'm eating. You know, I, I don't want to get yesterday's egg stains on my plate when I'm eating breakfast. You know, uh, y'all, y'all still with me? And you know what? Somebody don't want your yesterday's sins spattered all over your face when you come in. We need to be sanctified, cleansed, sanctified. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? It's a continuing work of the Lord. What what did the Bible say in Revelation 12? 11 say. And they overcame him. Who's that? The devil. By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. What is the word of their testimony? I believe that the blood. that uh, It's in the blood. And I testify to the prevailing, overcoming power of the blood of Jesus. It's the blood. That's our testimony. The blood has cleansed. The blood has redeemed. The blood has made us alive. It's the blood of Jesus that is working in us. And it's power. Wonder-working power in the blood. And if you want to overcome the devil, you got to stand on the blood and proclaim his power. That's why we always point him to the cross. Don't let the devil point to anything else. You just point him back to the cross. Say, devil, see that? That's where you were defeated 2,000 years ago. Victory is mine because that victory is still real today. And the blood of Jesus is more powerful than anything you got. All you got is a bunch of lies and, and fairy stories. Praise God. I've got the word. I've got the blood. We've got the cross. The cross is important. What is the cross? It's important to us. We need to stand on it. Hebrews 10, 19. 
The blood gives us access to the holies of holies. It's through the blood. Look what it says. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. No other way to get in. No other way to get in the kingdom of God except by the blood of Jesus. No other way to live victorious except by the blood of Jesus. No other way to see the blessings of God begin to flow in your life except by the blood of Jesus. It's all about the blood. It's all because of the blood. It's all because of what he did to the devil 2,000 years ago. That's our victory today. The cross is important. Uh, don't forget the cross. Don't forget the power of the cross. Teach our kids, our grandkids, our great-grandkids, our great-great-grandkids, everybody, your neighbors, your friends, all the, all the little ones that you come in contact with. Teach them about the cross. Because the cross is our victory. That's why we love that song. I love that song. I heard that song about, I don't know, it's probably been seven years ago or so. I believe in the cross. The young lady that actually wrote that was the pastor's daughter. And she wrote that, I believe in the cross. I tell you what, it's powerful. It's a powerful, powerful testimony of the Word of God and the power of the Lord. But the devil hates the message of the cross and the blood of Jesus. When the devil comes to you and points to you at your sin, you point at your and says you're going to have a bad future because of this and this and this, this. You just point him to the cross. So there's yours. <laughs> That's when it was finished. Jesus cried out, "It is finished. Victory's ours." There's power in the cross. The devil knows he's eternally defeated. But he wants to take as many to hell with him as he can. But the cross is the power of God unto salvation. And it's total defeat to the devil. Praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody said, well, I've heard about the cross all the time. But you know what? We need to remind ourselves every day of the cross. Remind the devil of his demise 2,000 years ago. And say, devil... It's over with. It's all, it was over with then for you, and it's over with now. The devil has no power or authority over a believer because we're under the blood, we're redeemed by the blood, we're God's property, we're God's possession, and the devil has no power. Only God. Only God. The devil doesn't even have the power to take you out. Only God. Has our expiration date. Only God has the power to say, Come home. Hallelujah. I believe in the cross. I believe that the cross is truth. Amen. I don't know about you, but I get excited about it. I hope you get as excited as I do. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is truth. Your word is working mightily in us, and Lord, we just give you praise for it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise God. How many thankful for the cross? Amen. Could you just shut your eyes again and sing along with me on this little song?
Lord willing. And if it's too bad a weather for you, don't worry about it. But we don't know what's going to happen because it was supposed to really rain last night and it didn't get nothing here. But anyway, we're going to believe God to just bring the rain because we need some rain. We need it badly. Amen. We're blessed of the Lord. How many glad you're saved, full of the Holy Ghost, on your way to heaven? Praise God. My dad asked that a lot of times, and, and, and one guy just sat there with his arm folded, and my dad said, Sir, he said, Do you want to go to heaven? He said, Well, yeah, but I thought you were getting loaded up right now, and I'm not quite ready. Amen. Well, we're blessed of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Sister Paula, dismiss us, would you? Oh, precious Lord. Father, we thank you for these words that we your word, Lord. And God, we just ask, Lord, as each one of us leave this place, God, that you would help us to muse and meditate upon your word, Lord, that it would lead God and direct us. And we ask it all in Jesus, holy and precious name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Praise the Lord. Yeah.